Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And it's a Friday. It's January 15, 2021. Looking forward to our guest today and chatting with you as well. It is a Friday, which means we have great conversations every Friday with Doug Keck, our President and Chief Operating Officer of EWTN. We call the segment Inside Word because he gives us an inside sneak peek of what's coming up, not only over the weekend, but what we can expect in the next week or so and beyond. Two weeks from today, good Lord willing, the creek don't rise, as I always say, we will be in Washington for the March for Life. Now, there's a lot of questions as to what's going to happen in terms of security, in terms of how it's going to be conducted, and we will keep you up to date as much as possible. We're trying to get information, as I'm sure you are, if you're trying to maybe decide if you're going to go on your own or take maybe your family, because obviously, due to COVID concerns and now possible some security concerns, there's not going to be buses in terms of archdioceses and parishes and things like that. Most people will be getting there um, on their own. So we will keep you up to date, but I would encourage you to go to the March for Life website for more details, marchforlife.org, and we're uh, planning on getting reps from the March for Life on with us before the event, again, which comes up, is still scheduled for January 29th. So we'll chat with Doug Keck at 15 past the hour, and then Father John Ricardo will join us for the last part of the show from 928 Eastern Time to about 55 minutes past the hour. We moved the Fact Check Friday segment to the first hour of my program today. So if you'd like to hear what I was discussing, you can actually later, a little bit later on, you can go to our podcast or the AveMariaRadio.net website and just go to the archives of Catholic Connection because I wanted to give Father John as much time as possible to give us his wisdom and insight and kind of help us navigate what's happening in our world and our country right now. How do we continue to witness to the gospel in these very tumultuous and very strange times in which we're living. So Father John Ricardo, who is a priest in the Archdiocese of Detroit, founder and executive director of Acts 29, well-known author and speaker, also the author of a new book entitled Rescued. He will join us at the bottom of the hour and will remain with us, good Lord willing, until the top of the hour to just kind of sort through all of the things that we're seeing and hearing. For the, the um, Fact Check Friday segment that I did this morning, I was talking about, once again, this uh, horrible lack of context on the part of, of the secular media. You'll hear in, in just a few minutes reports now that are coming out. It started after the impeachment on Wednesday. Several news outlets, and I'm talking even CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC, The Washington Post, are now reporting on an FBI memo, an FBI letter that went out warning law enforcement agencies prior to the Capitol incidents last week that there would be potential violence. So the lack of context is they're all reporting this, okay, fine, but they're not raising the question, at least I haven't seen it, except on conservative outlets, then why the rush to judgment? Why didn't somebody speak up at some point and say, wait a minute, um, you may think the president incited this, but we have all this information that it was planned. And something as serious as an impeachment should never be done quickly in a matter of a day 
or less, as so it seemed last week and, and this week what they were leading up to. So it's it's very, very troubling. And it's not just a matter of, oh, well, you know, opinion about how you feel about the news. The media are supposed to be the government watchdogs. They're referred to as the fifth estate, okay? They're supposed to be there to keep a watch on things, to keep government uh, people in power in check. When you have them suppressing information, deleting information, twisting information, and when you have them not putting things in context and raising questions, you're talking about them propaganda, using an outlet to influence people in terms of thought or opinion. That's very, very troubling. So I went over what the Society of Professional Journalists uh, and their code of ethics says about context and the problems with the lack thereof. If you're interested in in, in uh, addressing it, taking a look at it, or listening to it, you can find it later on on our archive section at AveMariaRadio.net. Okay, so we'll pick it up again next week. There's so much to talk about in terms of context or lack thereof and other issues with the media. Just trying to, to, to keep you informed of what's happening and how in the good old days we were supposed to ask the tough questions and do the follow-up, not rush to judgment, and that's just not happening anymore at all. And if it is by some outlets outside of the conservative arm of the media that I, I haven't seen it yet and I'm researching this stuff all the time okay let's get to the news it's five minutes past the hour it is a Friday you're listening to EWTN let's see what's happening in and around the world on a Friday as we just mentioned several major news outlets reporting the FBI warned law enforcement agencies prior to the assault at the Capitol last week that there would be potential violence This directly contradicts earlier statements that the Capitol Police were caught off guard by the incident. The FBI memo detailing how people had been sharing maps of the Capitol's tunnels and discussing rallying points to meet up to travel to D.C. The outlet's also reporting the document also detailed posts calling for violence. The riots last week were used as a basis for a second impeachment of Donald Trump and a swift removal of his presence on major social media platforms, including Twitter and F- uh, and Facebook. Trump was accused of inciting violence during the rally before the Capitol riot. The incidents at the Capitol also led to a number of other unprecedented censorship efforts around the country and a call by some lawmakers in Washington for their fellow legislators who voted against election results to step down. Meanwhile, another story making news, a known Black Lives Matter activist, John Sullivan, has been arrested and charged with federal crimes. After going to the riot at the Capitol last week, he's facing federal charges for his role in the violent protest. His brother, James Sullivan, said he was one of the first ones to know about the arrest. I got the call, as I said again today, that he was uh, going to be apprehended by the FBI. Sullivan arrested in Provo, Utah yesterday and charged with entering restricted grounds, interfering with law enforcement and disorderly conduct. Sullivan said after last week's protest, he had run into the building to simply record and document what was happening inside. But according to the official affidavit released by the Justice Department, he could be heard on a video encouraging others to burn down the building. The affidavit also states that Sullivan did willfully and knowingly engage in disorderly or disruptive conduct. Vice President Mike Pence saying the Trump administration is committed to an orderly transition and the safe inauguration of Joe Biden next week. We're going to ensure that we have a safe inauguration, uh, that President-elect Joe Biden, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris uh, are sworn in as the new president and vice president of the United States. Pence visiting FEMA headquarters for a briefing yesterday on security ahead of the inauguration. Several airlines, meanwhile, 
As Joshua Lipton reports, taking a tough stance on flying with firearms, this ahead of the president-elect Joe Biden's inauguration. Starting this weekend and running through January 23rd, Delta, United, Alaska, and American Airlines are banning checked firearms for anyone flying to Washington, D.C. Delta CEO saying the airline is on high alert in the wake of the deadly riot at the U.S. Capitol. The FAA also ramping up enforcement to anyone who is unruly or interferes with airline crew, saying they could face a fine of up to $35,000. Vatican Museums and other news expected to reopen next month if coronavirus restrictions permit it. The Vatican Museums have been closed since early November when the Italian government implemented tighter coronavirus restrictions, closing all museums in the country. This according to the Vatican Museum's director, Barbara Jatta, who told Vatican Radio it has proven necessary to extend the current closure of museums for an extra 15 days after having previously set tomorrow as a possible date for reopening. Jada, who was one of those taking part in the one-day Italian virtual conference More Museum, this week that aimed to reflect on the future of museums, said the use of innovative platforms and technologies are very much a part of the limelight going ahead in addition to in-person visits, of course, to museums. The Vatican, meanwhile, confirming Pope Francis and Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI have now received their first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. Both are considered at risk. Benedict is in his 90s and very frail. Francis is 84 and has only one lung. Another coronavirus vaccine coming, this one from Johnson & Johnson, and it doesn't have to be stored at extremely cold temperatures. This could be popular because it could be stored in doctor's offices more easily. So as you push vaccines out into the primary care setting and away from these mass distribution sites, this is going to be an attractive vaccine to use in those kinds of more more austere settings. That's former FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb. Johnson & Johnson's vaccine would be the third to be distributed in the U.S., Cardinal George Pell welcoming Thursday Pope Francis's inclusion of lay women on the Vatican's Economy Council, saying he hopes, quote, clear-headed women will help sentimental males do the right thing concerning church finances. In August of last year, the Pope naming 13 new members, including six cardinals, six lay women, and one lay man to the Council for the Economy, which oversees Vatican finances and the work of the Secretariat for the Economy. Speaking during a January 14th webinar yesterday about financial transparency in the Catholic Church, Pell praising the appointees as highly competent women with great professional backgrounds. He said, I'm hopeful they'll be very clear-headed on the basic issues and insist that we sentimental males get our act together and do the right thing. Other dioceses around the world following the lead of Pope Francis regarding a dedication to St. Joseph. Vatican Radio's Robin Nones explains the president of the Pakistani Bishops' Conference has now made the announcement for a year of St. Joseph, and that happened on Catholic television there this week. The initiative of the Pakistan Catholic Bishops' Conference, PCBC, comes in the footsteps of Pope Francis, who on December the 8th issued an apostolic letter proclaiming the year of St. Joseph starting on 8 December 2020 and ending on the same day in 2021. The letter marked 150 years of the decree of blessed Pope Pius IX, which declared St. Joseph as the patron of the Universal Church. In his video message, Archbishop Joseph Ashad recalled that Pope Pius IX had also declared 
at the year of St. Joseph in 1870 as the patron of the Universal Church. To celebrate the anniversary, he said, We in our diocese also began this year on January the 1st, 2021, so that we may give more reverence to St. Joseph and change our lives. Archbishop Archad lauded St. Joseph as a tender and loving father who cared for Jesus and his family. He was also a righteous man who, faithful to the will of God, contributed to our salvation. His life was full of love and simplicity. The 56-year-old Pakistani Archbishop noted that St. Joseph worked hard as an ordinary carpenter and cared for his family so that the task God had entrusted to the child Jesus might be accomplished. Just as he is the head of the Holy Family and the protector of Mother Mary and Jesus, the Archbishop noted, he is also the protector and defender of the church and of the poor, the needy and all of suffering humanity. As we are celebrating the year of St. Joseph, the Pakistani bishop's president noted, the role of parents and especially of fathers is very important for us. The father of the family needs to follow the footsteps of St. Joseph in caring for and protecting his family. Archbishop Arshad concluded his message praying that the year of St. Joseph be a blessing for all people, their families, as well as for the entire church. The former governor of Michigan, Rick Snyder, among nine former state officials and aides now facing charges for the Flint, Michigan water crisis. Snyder arraigned in Flint yesterday on two misdemeanors of willful neglect of duty charges, and his defense attorney, Brian Lennon, spoke for him in court. Governor Snyder is the first former governor since William Milliken, who's remained in the state of Michigan. He's not a risk of flight or a danger to the community, and he's facing two misdemeanor charges. The former governor did not have to surrender his passport, but needs court permission to leave the state. All have pleaded not guilty. Millions bracing for possible blizzard conditions today as a result of the same deadly storm that pummeled parts of Oregon and Washington State earlier this week. The storm hitting the west coast with winds over 70 miles per hour and nearly a foot of rain that also triggered mudslides. As it moved into states such as Colorado, Montana, and the Dakotas, wind gusts of up to 100 miles per hour were reported in some areas. As the system continues marching on, Parts of the Northeast can expect over six inches of snowfall this weekend. And finally, in our new segment at about 13 minutes past the hour, now actually 14 minutes past the hour as the clock just turned, tax season, as Mark Mayfeld explains, just around the corner, and the IRS is ready to help taxpayers get an early start on those 2020 returns. IRS Free File is up and running. The site provides access to private companies that offer free tax preparation to millions of Americans making less than $72,000. That means about 70% of all tax filers are eligible to use the service once you receive your W-2, which this year should be no later than February 2nd. Emma, we come back chatting as we always do every Friday with Doug Keck, giving us the inside word on great programming at the network. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Whom do we most need in order to say Jesus is Lord? The Holy Spirit. The Catechism says that every time we invoke Jesus, it is the Holy Spirit who draws us onto the path of prayer. 
And since it is the Holy Spirit who teaches us to pray by recalling Jesus, how can we not pray to the Holy Spirit too? The Church urges us to call on the Holy Spirit continually, especially at the beginning and the close of every important action. And how should we pray to Him? The traditional form is to invoke the Father, through Christ our Lord, to give us the Consoler, the Spirit. The simplest, most direct invocation is, Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of the faithful, enkindle in them the fire of your love. The Holy Spirit is the artisan of the living tradition of prayer and the master of interior prayer. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Keeping you close to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and we do that every day online, on radio, and on television. Doug Keck is the president and chief operating officer of EWTN. Gracious to spend about 15, 20 minutes with us every Friday so you get the scoop, the inside word. Doug, happy Friday to you. How are you, my friend? And you too as well. You know, we've got, uh, you know, obviously uh, moving into the new year, obviously uh, new programming, new things happening on radio and television. And it's always great to have an opportunity to kind of point out a couple of things for people uh, who watch and support the wonderful work that Ave Maria and EW10 do. Um, on an ongoing basis and point out some things that uh, of interest from a programming yeah. perspective. Speaking of which, I saw a lovely press release on Brian Patrick having a new show. Right. Well, the Catholic Sphere uh, is something we've been putting together for a while. It kind of takes you a kind of it's a round robin uh, around the globe for Catholic locations from EWTN uh, outlets and relationships and uh, on different topics. And, uh, you know, so we're excited to get that off the ground. It's kind of fun to have somebody from Ireland or somebody from Peru or somebody from Australia or Rome, uh, even, uh, you know, somebody inside the United States, etc. You know, we're, people are more used to it anyway, but uh, it's a professional-looking uh, presentation, uh, a lot like the old Around the Horn, which is still on on, on ESPN, mm-hmm. but uh, except uh, we're talking about topics that actually affect your lives. Well, I love the round robin effect because that was always a, a, a interesting way of covering a story. And and w- when you do it, it's kind of neat because when I used to do it in daily TV news, if there's like a big or there's like let's mm-hmm. say there's a huge snowstorm, and I'm on the east side of the city, and they say now I go to my colleague on the west side, and the colleague on the west side throws it to somebody on the north side. So it's a neat, it's a very neat effect, and it really helps people see different you know perspectives from different angles. And that's what we wanted to be able to do yeah. was to bring people again that that universal aspect aspect of it uh, like the church universal does with father joseph to kind of bring in great catholic apostolates from around the globe this is another opportunity to realize that regardless of what might be not going so well right in front of your face there's other places where there are things going on and also at the same time for people to realize that many of the things and difficulties that we're dealing with other people are dealing with at least as much if not more so what are you hearing from in terms of concerns that people are having right now and what's going on in our world, especially the, the extreme censorship? We've never seen anything like this before. 
uh, this incident being used as a battering ram to shut down different well places. absolutely and that's why you know to some degree it's 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 a new thing to deal with here in the united states i mean outside of maybe what happened during world war one or world war two or something when there was you know certain levels of censorship to protect the troops abroad etc but otherwise i mean it's really kind of scary to have basically what used to be a common carrier but now isn't because of the nature of the internet etc and because the way um, different companies were treated early on which was the idea that well we're not really we're just an avenue for people to post uh, and so we can't be held accountable for what they put on. But if you're going to take accountability and responsibility, well, then you're a publisher and, and, and there are other uh, regulations that you should fall under. And I think that's where uh, some of this has gone askew. And, uh, you know, it would be like, and we all know, it would be like if 30 or 40 years ago, AT&T, uh, you know, broke in on your phone call and decided that what you were talking about wasn't appropriate, and so now you weren't going to allow to have a phone anymore. Uh, that could have never happened because of the fact that it was a common carrier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, but, you know, that, that carries with it another downside, which is government control. But at this point in time, uh, we, we really have to find some reasonable middle ground that allows for entrepreneurial activity but also the preservation of free speech and not the ability of somebody or a group of people to close down uh, communication. You and I have been in this business a long time. Have you ever do you ever recall seeing anything like this? No, no. I mean, again, outside of maybe what happened before I was born right. during mm-hmm. a, a major world crisis like that, absolutely not. I mean, and just the idea that. Somebody would decide that because I don't agree with this information, I'm going to not allow it to be propagated uh, uh, from a you know a perspective of an individual just because they happen to have created a good app and everybody got used to using it. Uh, and again, you know, part of the things I think we also have to look at it. It's similar to, to kind of going back to some of the things going on in the past with TV and cable. Uh, we used to say. Uh, you know, uh, we worked in the business, so we used to say, you know, well, if you could see some of the people who are making decisions, you'd understand why it's so screwed up. Uh, you know, <laughs> and so you know what I mean, right? <gasps> and at the same time, you 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 look at some of the people who are behind some of these uh, groups, and you know, I mean, the guy running Twitter, I mean, I, he looks like he's 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 going to go to another planet, or he's already there. Sometimes with the glaze in the eye, so it makes you wonder whether, you know, are these all decisions being made in a vacuum uh, in a world where these people all agree with each other and they don't understand why anybody would think differently anyway. And so, uh, you know, well, now it's getting to the point. Yeah. Now it's to the point where where these networks and and specifically there were discussions on uh, MSNBC and I think it was on CNN specifically calling for the um, reprogramming of um, of the Republican Party and people who voted for Donald Trump because we're a part of a cult. That was actually stated by a couple well, of commentators. Well, uh, I mean, uh, the, the playbooks are out there. Uh, Mao's Red Book and the Cultural Revolution did that. Obviously, what happened with the gulags in Russia after the revolution and with Stalin and the purges of the 30s. And, of course, uh, recently we saw that in, in Cambodia, you know, uh, with the creation of the Year Zero, you know, uh, 
that same kind of idea that this restarting and that, you know, you need to understand. And what's, what the Chinese are doing, obviously, already uh, with the uh, Muslim uh, sects in, in China, mm -hmm. uh, where they're basically uh, attempting to reprogram these people uh, and, uh, you know, away from their faith. Well, if they're willing to do it for them, uh, we're seeing Christianity under attack as well, and the idea that Christian beliefs, which everybody used to basically hold uh, for the most part just 50 years ago, is now treated as if, uh, you know, you, you came from Mars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is it is frightening, and I actually have uh, those interviews. I haven't had a chance to share them yet, but this, they're really very serious about this. This is not a joke. I mean, they're talking about deprogramming and reprogramming. That's why I think the program that you have done uh, for the first edition that came out of the Wolves and Sheep Clothing right. People need to go back and watch that again. Right, again, and, and you see that same eye, that uh, Alinsky tactic of accusing people of the very thing that you're doing. And the idea that we move from having a fair discussion about, you know, your opinion and I may disagree and we may uh, agree to disagree to, if I don't agree with you, you're an evil, terrible person and you need to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. It's not that we need to uh, work together to come to an accommodation. It's that you need to be destroyed because you're evil. And so where's the unity? Where's the tolerance? Uh, well, the tolerance is clearly the idea is when you bow down to what I believe, then we're united. That's what it really amounts to. It's mm -hmm. it's it's all these people are about lack of conformity, but you really need to conform to what our lack of conformity now says is appropriate. And the problem is for even the people who may be getting the benefit out in the short term, that changes. Right. It constantly evolves. So you're not sure when you're going to be on the right side or the wrong side of whatever wave is rolling through the culture. Um, you know, so that's where you've got Hollywood stars at times who themselves suddenly find themselves under attack. Right. Great discussion, Doug. And again, a reminder, all the great programming, EWTN.com. Look for the new shows. And do yourself a favor, folks, if you haven't seen, there's two editions of A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. But I would think especially the first one that came out uh, back in 2016. You can still buy it at the Religious Catalog. You can still watch it. Check it out. A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing makes a lot of sense. We'll explain a lot of what's going on. Thanks, Doug. Have a great week. And Thank we'll you, talk Chief. to you next week. Take care. God, God bless. bless. Father John Ricardo coming up next. The Catholic. Hello, this is Steve Gleason. I look forward to talking with you again on my show called Catholic Questions Live. Your non-Catholic friends probably have some questions about the Church. I want to answer those questions. And to you, my Catholic listeners, let's keep developing clear, succinct, and accurate answers to defend all the great truths of Christ's Church. Having been an evangelical pastor for years, I understand the usual questions that come up. Amazingly, and by the providence of the Lord, it was through this radio station that I came back to the Catholic Church in which I was wonderfully raised. Hello, my name is Liz Mertz. My husband, Bill, and I own Mastertech Auto Repair in Plano. We are proud sponsors of Catholic Radio. Our family has been parishioners of St. Gabriel's and McKinney for many years. Mastertech is a full-service auto repair for all vehicles, from oil changes to complete engine replacement or transmission service. We are located just across the street from St. Mark's Parish in Plano. You can contact us at 972-578-1841 or www.mastertechplano.com. Thank you, and may you have a blessed day. 
The Diocese of Dallas will continue to broadcast the celebration of the Holy Mass on Sundays for those who are not able to participate in person at their parish. The Mass is now being broadcast in English at 11 a.m. with a repeat at 12 noon on Channel 27 and each Sunday at 8 a.m. in Spanish on Univision Channel 23. For updates on the broadcast of the Mass and other news and information from the Dallas Diocese, please visit cathedal.org. Stop by Sacred Heart Books and Gifts in Dallas for their Feast of the Holy Family sale. Sacred Heart's entire family book selection will be on sale through Saturday, January 23rd, the Feast of the Espousal of Mary and Joseph. Discounts will range from 10 to 30% off, with a few deep discounted gems for you to discover. So stop by and save. Sacred Heart is a longtime sponsor of KATH 910 AM. You can visit their website at sacredheartdallas.com. Really appreciate the great work of uh, my dear, dear friend, Father John Ricardo from the Archdiocese of Detroit. Check out a beautiful new book, Rescue, the Unexpected and Extraordinary News of the Gospel, with a foreword by the one, the only Dr. Scott Hahn, published by The Word Among Us Press. And Father is now running a beautiful ministry called Acts 29 and formerly a parish priest. And he has a very long resume, but um, spent many years at Our Lady of Good Counsel Parish in Plymouth, Michigan, and also, of course, speaking around the country and doing wonderful things to help grow the faith. Father, Happy New Year to you, my friend. You too, Teresa. Thanks. All right, so um, can't wait to get your perspective. You just kind of say, okay, Lord, um, here I am. I've come to do your will. Just please let me know what that is because we're all <laughs> trying to like, okay, what's next? Your thoughts on the developments the last few weeks or so? Yeah, you know, as, as you know, just saying off uh, off the air, I mean, in, in so many ways, right, people like you, you've done such a great job of this. I've been trying to tell us for years uh, the agenda that's in the media. Uh, at least in much of the media, not all the media, but in much of the media, and but here we are, you know. Uh, so I think that this is, I think what we're living through is a really, uh, obviously this is a chaotic, challenging time, but it, it shouldn't be surprising to anybody who's been watching and listening and praying that some of the things that are happening are happening. It might be really sad, but it, I just don't think it's surprising. And for me... You know, I continue to, I, I, I use uh, C.S. Lewis's expression from the Chronicles of Narnia over and over again. I feel like the Lord's just put it in my mind, you know, Aslan is on the move. So it's so crucial right now. Let's just keep our eyes on the Lord. That's not to bury our heads in the sand or pretend that what's happening isn't happening. But it's like, you know what? My hope is not in the United States of America. As much as I love our country and I'm a patriot, my hope's in Jesus. He's the Savior. So, okay, these are the times God's destined us to listen. Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of how I look at where we are, you know? Um, I remember the great talk you gave, and I was mentioning it uh, at the top of the hour when I was uh, introducing the lineup for the show today. You gave at the Good News Marriage Cruise uh, last year. And you talked about, now you mentioned this in the new book as well, you, you talk about what the apostles and what the early church and early Christian did not have at their disposal and what they were able to accomplish. We need to remember that. Yeah, I don't just. We? Yeah, we do. I just ripped that off from uh, from Christian Apostolic Mission. I, I just quote other people, but uh, in fact, that's one of the things I would just encourage folks is to run out and buy this little book that's per, uh, published by the University of Mary. If there's a, a more timely book for our age, I don't know what it is. From Christendom to Apostolic Mission, it just locates 
how the church has operated in different times. And in that book, you know, the, the author just talks about how, you know, the, the early, the, the first apostles, imagine like the very first evangelization council meeting. And they're going, you know, here's our agenda. It's bring the gospel to the world. And their resources are next to nothing. Mm-hmm. And he makes the point of saying, you know, if, if that was us, we probably would have been discouraged, feeling defeated, like we're doomed, we don't have a chance. But they were filled with confidence, filled with hope, because they knew Jesus. They knew that he had bound the strong man. They knew that he had conquered the powers of sin and death. And they knew from their own experience the power of the Holy Spirit, and out they went, and they changed the world. So and why is are, it then? I'm sorry, go ahead, finish your thought. No, I was just going to say, we're living in a time which is in many ways similar to that time. In many ways it's different, but it's similar in the sense that we're surrounded by people who do not know the gospel. They don't know the power of what Jesus has done. They think they do, many of them, but they don't. And so we just need to... uh, I I continue to feel like it's so crucial for us to remember... um, what is the mission? What's Jesus' mission? What's the mission of the disciple? And what's the mission of the church? And, and the mission of Jesus, like, why did God become a man? Why did we just celebrate what we celebrated in Christmas? Why is this good news? God became a man to go to war. He came to free the creature that he had made in his image and likeness, who had sold himself into slavery, and he won, right? He conquered the strong man. He bound him. He defeated the powers of sin and death. He will come back and put everything right. Our mission as disciples, huh? Like, what's he send us to do? He sends us, we in our work in Acts 29, we use these five words over and over again. He sends us to be agents of recreation, agents of transformation, agents of healing. In the words of C.S. Lewis, agents of sabotage, which is really provocative, but it means like the weapons of, quote-unquote, the weapons of truth and goodness and beauty and mercy and forgiveness and leaders of the resistance you know like saint peter says you know uh, the devil is prowling like a roaring lion resist him you know oppose him try to do everything we can in our lives to bring our concrete circumstances a little bit more into harmony with how god created it to be and that's our mission and the church is supposed to be in this day and age when so many people are despairing the place where people encounter men and women who have genuine unity, like real unity, not the unity the world talks about, real unity, real love, radical mercy, and they can see it. And um, uh, that, that probably sounds really simplistic to some people, but gosh, I just think we have got to get back to what's the mission and live with confidence, which is not to be naive. Right. I ain't naive. Right. Right. No, we have to be. We have to understand. I, I, I'm doing a, a lot of, of praying about this and thinking about uh, our role as, as people who are out there on the front lines. And we have um, everybody has a platform now uh, because of oh, well, a lot of them are getting cut off. But I think we still have platforms <laughs> that we can use. But in talking with we used, uh, to. we used to, yeah, for the time being, we do at least still in Catholic radio. Thanks be to God, and hopefully that will that will stay put. But I was talking with our mutual friend Peter Herbeck earlier this week, and and mm. he was basically saying the same thing you are, Father, and he came up with four points that we need to think about. Number one is bow down, the humility aspect, the surrender aspect, that we can't know anything without surrendering to who Jesus is and who we are. We have to understand that God is God and we are not. And then we need to come together 
and we come together in support and encouragement, not to come together just to complain and whine and say, well, how bad things are, then we need to stand up lovingly, peacefully for truth in whatever way God shows us that we need to do. And then finally, we need to reach out. So bow down, come together, stand up, reach out. Yeah, I love it. Shocking that he would have something composed. <laughs> yeah, Peter Herbeck, who knew, right? I mean, like, he should do this yeah, for a living. Yeah, yeah, we have to take a break, Father. When we come back, we'll talk more about this. I want to encourage people to get your new book, too, Rescue the Unexpected and Extraordinary News of the Gospel, written by our friend Father John Mercardo, and you know him well from his work here at EWTN and Ave Maria Radio. Uh, the book it has a forward by Scott Hahn. It's excellent. Dom is is reading it uh, right now. I started to go through it, and he also got a copy of the other book you mentioned, Father, and he's working on that one as well. Give me that title again, so folks can get that. And I think it's good to use with your book, actually, if you're reading your book, to have that booklet with you when you're going through yours. What's the name of it again? Yeah, from Christendom to Apostolic Mission, published by the University of Mary. From Christendom to Apostolic mission i feel in my prayer yeah that god is is ask, is giving us this opportunity to remind us of the power of his message to get back to basics because we've had it so so good and in many ways so easy in this country and we come back more with father john mercardo again as i mentioned get a copy of his book rescued the unexpected and extraordinary news of the gospel published by our friends at word among us press more talking about our current situation and how we can make a difference God has gifted us all with unique talents. Are we running and hiding? And I know we feel like that on days, and I do too. We want to stay home and just eat the Cheez-Its and pull the covers over my head. But we need to be out there to speak the truth in love. We'll be right back. Get your minds in gear for In My Shoes 6th Annual Virtual Trivia Night Fundraiser. The mission of In My Shoes is to provide a safe, welcoming community for pregnant women who are homeless or at risk of homelessness. They're partnering with Big Quiz Thing to bring you another night of fun. Join them virtually on Saturday, February the 6th at 7 p.m. from the comfort of your own home for a fun and engaging trivia night. To participate and purchase tickets, visit liveinmyshoes.org forward slash events. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Is one of your New Year's resolutions to finally get control of your finances? If so, make a resolution to sign up for the next semester of Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, beginning January 31st. Hosted by Prince of Peace Catholic Community, this nine-week online class will meet every Sunday from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Go to popplano.org slash FBU to learn more and sign up today. That's popplano.org slash FBU and change your life forever. Hello, Catholic Life Insurance is a family-focused company that offers life insurance and retirement benefit plans. We are proud to support the mission of Catholic Radio on KATH 910 AM. To learn more about Catholic Life Insurance, you can contact Larry Linson or David Walker in our Dallas office at 972-484-3000. Again, 972-484-3000. We look forward to hearing from you. 
God does not give us a spirit of fear. St. Paul reminds us of that. Letter to Timothy. Welcome back. Catholic Connection, chatting with our dear friend, Father John Ricardo, brand new book. And we've already talked about his book, but I want to plug it because it's very, very good, as you could imagine. Rescued the Unexpected and Extraordinary News of the Gospel. And the forward is by some guy by the name of Scott Hahn. I think I've heard of him before, Father. Yeah, he did something, I don't know, a bunch of years ago. A bunch of years ago, yeah. yeah. What what an amazing man. Honored to have him read the story. Yeah, what a gift. What a gift to the church. And it's even endorsed by our own wonderful Archbishop, Archbishop Figneron. So that's awesome. Great job on the book. All right, so I I wanted to talk to you, really. We were chatting during the break, um, and I was telling you that the book, my latest book, um, Listening for God, Discovering the Incredible Ways God Speaks to Us, for some reason this is getting more interviews than other books I've written, and I really believe it's because there are so many stories. And you're always telling us, you've always told me and Deacon Dom, share your story, talk about your story, Mm -hmm. what has Jesus done for you? I think that's what's resonating, and I think if we go back to that, that's going to make an impression on people because if we, you were mentioning the readings for this weekend, um, people not being familiar with the voice of God. Yeah, so to your book and to what you're doing there, I mean, you're sh- I, I think it's kind of the point of our name, Acts 29, too, like the things we read about in Scripture are not things from the past. They're not things from the past. God continues to move powerfully in people's lives and tell stories. You tell your story, you and Don, when you share the stories of other people. You're helping to, to, first of all, let them know, okay, God still moves. And two, it helps them identify, I think I've had something like that happen mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. And so they go, maybe that was God, right? And that first reading this coming uh, Sunday, Eli and Samuel, and, you know, or, you know, you called me, sir. He's like, no, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Right. And there's a line in there which says, Samuel, who turns out to be like, you know, one of the the greatest first prophets in the Old Testament, was not yet familiar with the voice of the Lord. Someone had to teach him how to recognize that's God talking. And then Samuel had to learn to get into a habit of making time to listen to that voice. And what you're doing in that book, the timeliness of this first reading, what we're living through in the country and in the church right now, maybe for a lot of us this is a great moment just to ask ourselves, am I really familiar with the voice of the Lord? Mm-hmm. Am I giving him time to talk every day? Because if I don't, I'm just going to live in like this chronic state of reacting, and that ain't going to help anybody. And that's what happens so much in our social media world now. And I was watching, mm-hmm. you've probably seen it, but the documentary by Netflix, and if you haven't, I would definitely recommend it, called The Social Dilemma, where mm-hmm. we know that, that much of, of uh, social media, and it does do some good, uh, but a lot of it is a cesspool, and there's a lot of arguing and tete-a-tete and, and just ugliness going on. And this this actual documentary is interviewing people who used to work in the social media industry and how it's designed that way, the algorithms, all these different things to constantly give us that adrenaline rush of, oh, what did that person say about this? Or what did this person say? Or how many likes do I have? How many shares do I have? And there's this constant state of um, unrest and anticipation and not in a good way, which is adding to all of the the ugliness out there. And it's designed that way because it's power and it's money for these big tech companies. And look what we're seeing now. Yeah, you judge a tree by its fruit. Uh, Look at the fruit. Yeah, I've never sent a tweet. I've never posted anything on Facebook. I mean, I know a lot of people do, and there's a lot of value to doing those things. I'm just... Um, maybe because I have an addictive personality, guys never let me get into that stuff. But, 
you know, we, we do that. It's so easy for people to live online. Mm-hmm. And you and I were talking, we were talking in the break, you know, I can't encourage people enough to know what's going on, but to really moderate what we do online and to make sure we're giving equal time to the Word of God. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, I think Father Dave Tamaziki was a good friend of mine here in Detroit. He was uh, talking to people last week, and uh, I think they did a Zoom uh, call on hope. And he was just saying, you know, like, the average person spends something like two hours a day in the media and the news, and and maybe you get 20 minutes a week with Scripture, you're going to get crushed. No wonder so many people in the church are despairing, discouraged. You know, we, we have got to keep our eyes on the Lord. And remember, God doesn't lie. He's faithful. He keeps his promises. My hope's in him. He's one. He's with me. I'm not afraid. Two hours a day on social media, that was a recent statistic I, I saw, so Father's accurate. But if you take the amount of time people spend with media in general, in addition to social media, it's between six yeah. to eight hours a day. Yeah, six to eight hours a day. Is there any wonder we are where we are? Yeah, yeah. So if you include TV, if you include radio, if you include social media, and with children, it, it's it's definitely about uh, eight hours a day with media. We're talking with Father John Ricardo uh, from the Archdiocese of Detroit in Acts 29 Ministry. His latest book is Rescue, the Ex- Unexpected and Extraordinary News of the Gospel. I'm I'm hearing and seeing a lot of despair and a loss of hope in terms of emails I'm getting where people are just saying, it's over, it's done, we can't do anything anymore because these certain groups now have the power. How do we respond to that? Well, what was your hope in to begin with? You know, I think it, we just did a podcast on this, uh, I think it probably come out Monday, but... You know, I think for so many people right now, I'm sure Peter Herbeck talks about this stuff too. He and I have talked before, but I think this last year, everything we're going in right now, like God just continues to shake us out of his love, out of his mercy, out of his kindness, us in the church. And I think for a lot of people, our hope has been in things like, you know, our health, politics, um, money. Um, we live in Detroit here, so sports is... Not exactly a symbol of hope. Um, mm-hmm. You know, things of that kind. Uh, and all those things are getting shaken right now. Right. Scripture makes it abundantly clear. Hey, my hope is in God. Period. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and, and hope isn't wishful thinking. It's not uh, some subjective feeling that I have. Hope is certain, right? Scripture says it's an anchor. It's rock solid because my hope is in the promises that God has made and he does not lie. And circumstances, as trying as they can be in our lives, and they are right now, and they might get much worse, um, they can't shake my hope. Because my, my hope's just not in this world. And so I think it's a gift from, from the Lord for those of us who are getting shaken, and we're all getting shaken, to just say, huh, maybe I need to just, maybe my hope has been misplaced. And I need to make sure that it's only in the one who's deserving of it. I don't know if you caught a monologue. I think it was last Friday. Al did a great monologue about um, you know, Joshua and uh, remembering the good the Lord has done. And to me, that always helped me, even prior to the craziness that we've been going through. I mean, last year was just, as you said, off the charts, rocked our world, and it's still rocking us. Then we have the added um, component of everything that's going on politically and the censorship and whatnot that's extremely unsettling. But when he was giving the monologue, I was thinking about every time um, I see Deacon Dom on the altar, 
I, I, it's, to me, it's, it's an affirmation because we were so far away from God so many years ago. We were close to divorce, and you know our story. And every time I see him serve Mass, last night we were at Adoration, I, I watched that, and that to me is a reminder of remember what the Lord has done. And sometimes I think we forget what the Lord has done because we get overwhelmed by our circumstances. Some response today, right? Yeah. Do not forget the works right. of, the, of Lord. the Lord. You know, those, right. those crazy Israelites in the Old Testament are so relevant for us, right? These, mm-hmm. these readings from, from Hebrews and, and drawing back in the Old Testament, I mean, they've gone through tremendous liberation. Here they are wandering in the desert, and the, the question they're asking amongst themselves is, is God with us or isn't he? And that's what a lot of Christians are asking themselves, too. Like, where's God? Where's God? Well, don't forget what he's done. What's he done? He's, he's come as a man. He's, he's defeated death. He's promised to be with me. He's going to come back. His spirit's with me. He's got a mission for me. Let's get to work. Right. Right. Right? Let's Absolutely. Yeah, let's get there. What do we have to do? And I think we have to ask that question every day. Okay, Lord, I am yours, as St. Teresa of Avila says. I am yours. I was made for you. What do you want me to do? Yeah, right. right. And yeah. Someone just shared with me. It's a quote from Mother Teresa. Go figure. She had a great quote. It says, uh, I think it's something like, God doesn't need my permission to do with me whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Something to that effect. It's a great line. It's like you know, Lord, here I am. Just do whatever you want to do with me. Right. You know, like I just like I'm yours. I'm entirely yours. You know, let's let's go. Let's let's do something grand for God just by living today in a in a in a hopeful, attractive, joyful way. Let's not imitate the world. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus and try somehow, despite our least my brokenness, to reflect into those that we need. I think some of what uh, folks are feeling, and I'm sure you're hearing this too, as as a priest, is that it's a very, it's very difficult to transmit this message of hope when there is so much. The, the, everything is upside down. Everything that is reality is actually false according to the world. And so they, they, you know, it's very scriptural, obviously, evil, good, good, evil. And so how do you ex- get this message out to people when those who support uh, causes such as pro-life, pro-family are painted with a very broad brush and deemed as violent when we're really not? So how do we go forward in having people understand who we truly are made in the image and likeness of God? It's a real challenge. It's been a challenge for a while. It's been a challenge since the beginning of the world, but especially now with what's happening where you have uh, anchors on CNN, if you even want to give, I don't even want to give him that, that title, but last night, so last night or was it Wednesday, where Don Lemon said that if you, and I'm just using this as an example, if you voted for Donald Trump, then you are voting with the party of Nazism, of white supremacy, and extremism. Without any, no facts to back it up, no empirical evidence to show that connection, yet making that statement. So basically telling 75 million people around the country that they're associated with Nazism and white supremacy. Yeah, well, uh, we we were considered uh, as Christians at the very beginning of our uh, history in the Roman Empire as enemies of the human race, and uh, in many ways that's what people consider Christians to be again right now. And I think what what they did then and what we are called to do right now, I think, my own opinion, um, because no one knows the answer, is uh, it's so imperative 
for us to be able to know the story that is the gospel and to share it. We want to share what God has done in our lives, but even more than that, I would argue, to be able to share the gospel with people because Paul says the gospel is power. Mm-hmm. And again and again, I, my own experience as a priest uh, with my brothers, with many of my brothers and with many of the people in the pews, forget the world, we don't really know the gospel. And before I can get you to a point of understanding why the church teaches all sorts of different things, I want to lead you into an experience of having heard what it is that God's done for us, and that's the substance of my hope. Because the arguments about reason and truth and whatnot, good grief, we have a culture that doesn't accept truth, so I'm not sure how effective those are going to be. There's a place Mm -hmm. for them, by all means, but right now, gosh, it's just the time to know the gospel and to share it. Right. And again, I think those personal stories are so important in terms of what God did with your life. That's just huge. So, Father, in terms of, um, as we wrap up, have about two minutes left, some suggestions, not that there's a formula, but some suggestions that people can do in order to strengthen ourselves to be able to witness in, in such a time as this. Yeah, well, I mean, one of them would be... um, put into place those or practice those things that uh, Peter Herbeck was sharing. I think those things are spot on. Two, I, I, I can't encourage people enough, like, do a self. We just did a thing with a bunch of priests last night. It's kind of a self-assessment. Like, where am I in these 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 things? Like, really important parts of my life. Do I do a daily holy hour? Do I say Mass every day? Do I do, I do all these kinds of things? So for us as laymen and women, um, am I praying every day for real? Am I listening to the Lord every day? Am I asking Him, Lord, what do you want me to do right now? Um, do I read the Word of God every day? I mean, I, I can't think of anything more practical than bearing myself in Scripture, especially in the Gospels, and asking the Lord to speak to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, you know, I think this is really practical as well, you know, um, just to uh, to make some time every day to pray in front of a crucifix. Yeah. You and I are disciples of a God-made man who got nailed to a cross. What am I expecting? <laughs> you know, I, I, people sh- I don't expect people to applaud. And then, um, I don't want to give a plug for my book, but I mean, I, I think it's important to no, know. No, it's a great book. The story. Yeah, well, Rescue. Rescue the Unexpected. Let me give you the title. Let me give our listeners the title, Father, because we're out of time. Rescued, the Unexpected and Extraordinary News of the Gospel from Word Among Us. What's your website for X29, Father? A-C-T-S-X-X-I-X.org. Thank you, my friend. Always great to hear your voice. Thanks for your wisdom and the love of the church and the love of all people made in God's image. We'll be right back. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Dr. Ray Garendi. There's a simple step to raising a more grateful child. I used to say, easy, eliminate half of their material possessions. I don't say that anymore. That's ridiculous. I say 75%. They don't even miss 50. 22 stuffed animals, you go down to 11. Not exactly a hardship. 
simple step to raising a more grateful child. Don't be so free with the material stuff. Research has shown more generous people, by and large, have less. You give a child less, he's more willing to share it. He also is more able to occupy himself with things like boxes and dirt balls and rocks, worms, stuff that doesn't cost a whole lot of anything. This Ave Maria program is brought to you in part by the nonprofit CMF Curo. Your search for affordable health care stops here. Since 2014, CMF Curo has provided Catholics with affordable health care sharing that goes beyond insurance. With programs that cost less than many COBRA and ACA-sponsored plans, CMF Curo is a Catholic health sharing experience that enables you to live fully alive while saving money. Call 1-833-GET-CURO to find affordable Catholic health care now. That's 1-833-GET-CURO. Fifty-six minutes past the hour. Go and have a blessed weekend and get closer to the Lord. Spend some time in Scripture. Stay close to us here at EW10 and Ave Maria Radio. Look forward to talking to you again on a Monday. Make it a good weekend. Rest and stay close to Jesus. We'll see you Monday. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. Shining the light of truth on the path of salvation. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. St. Mark the Evangelist Catholic Church in Plano has teamed up with Catholic Charities Dallas Mobile Food Bank to offer food for those in need. Items being distributed include perishable food items from the North Texas Food Bank, such as fruit, vegetables, and other food items. The next visit is on Saturday, January 16th from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. at the Smith Pastoral Center parking lot at the parish. Food recipients will remain in their cars and their food will be placed in their trunks. Loretta House in Denton is a pregnancy resource center that serves women dealing with unplanned pregnancies. They provide free pregnancy testing and free ultrasounds. Clients receive material goods like diapers, baby items, clothing, parenting classes, and more. Loretta House is an official apostolate of the Diocese of Fort Worth. All services are provided free of charge and remain completely confidential. Many babies are saved and many hearts changed. For more information, visit LorettaHouse.org or call 940-380-8191. Blessed be God. Blessed be His holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be His most sacred heart. Blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. 
Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic Radio for your soul in North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.